0: You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, that Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories your team every day. I am your host, Ross Jackson, lead analyst over at AllSaintsConsidered.com. And as always, I'd like to start with a big thank you and welcome to our newest listeners, as well as all of those of you who have been rocking with me for a minute, whether it's your first time or your next time. Know that I always love hearing from everybody that tunes in, reads, and follows. So know that you can hit me up on twitter at ross jackson asc and of course that asc stands for all saints where you can find my as well as other talented writers articles and podcasts your source for up to the minute saints news opinions and analysis for saints fans by Saints fans. And what an episode we have today. It is yet another victory Monday, the ninth in a row. The Saints absolutely wrecked the Eagles at home, 48-7. to So we're going to talk about the team performance as well as individual performances. The Saints are on the doorstep for history at the moment, as they have been so many times in the past. It's feeling like old times here on Locked on Saints, and I'm excited to bring it to you. Oh, and we're also going to look back at my bold predictions from last week just to see how I did, and then of course we'll wrap it all up by taking a look at some of the biggest stories from around the league, all that, and a little bit of Lanyette right here on Locked on Saints. So the Saints get a huge victory at home in New Orleans against the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, winning 48 to 7. That is a 41 point deficit. That is the second largest so far this season. And it's the second largest only since Baltimore beat Buffalo 47 to 3, 43 point, I'm sorry, 44 point point differential. That happened back in week One, but if we want to look at, I want to start off by looking at some individual performances here. Uh, first of all, Drew Brees just lit up this Philadelphia Eagles secondary, like we kind of expected he would 22 for 30, 363 yards and four touchdowns in NFL passer rating of 153.2 that's the second game in a row in which he's finished with a passer rating over 150 first time in NFL history that that's ever been done Taysom Hill got in on the action a little bit too going one for two for 10 yards uh, and then over on the rushing side of things Mark Ingram puts together his second 100 yard rushing game in a row uh, rushing for 6.5 Four yards per carry which is incredible on 16 carries he also notched two touchdowns in the game as well both rushing alvin Kamara had 13 carries for 71 yards no rushing touchdowns but did get a late receiving touchdown when he essentially burnt malcolm jenkins all the way down the field for a 37 yard touchdown on a fourth and seven which we will discuss here soon uh but that play really kind of pissed malcolm jenkins off as he took the time to flip off uh sean payton from the sideline Uh, which was pretty funny. Uh Traquan Smith went off in this game, had 10 receptions for 157 yards and a touchdown on 13 targets along of 38 yards. It all started with a 15-yard touchdown reception from him in which Drew Brees ran up and said, you know why I threw that to you? Because I trust you. And then after that, he just went off for this game. And it was great timing because the Eagles did everything that they could to double team bracket and take Michael Thomas out of the game, which I guess they really didn't, I mean, I guess they kind of did. He only had four catches on the day, but he also only had four targets. So he had another 100% completion rate again uh, this season. But he also got 92 yards and a touchdown. So if that's your version of taking Michael Thomas out of the game, I will take it. Keith Kirkwood got on the action, 33 yards on three catches. He got involved very early in the game. We heard his name a lot. And then that's when Traequan Smith started to take over a little bit after that. Uh, Josh Hill, Dan Arnold, and Austin Carr also got in on the mix. Austin Carr scoring his first career touchdown uh, as a New Orleans Saint which is really exciting over on the Eagle side of the ball when it comes to offense had a lot of trouble really doing anything Carson Wentz was limited 19 of 33 for 156 yards and three touchdowns he also had a pass rating of 31.9. The guys who were at All Saints considered tweeted out earlier, or maybe it might have been last night, but, uh, you know, he had a pass rating of 31.9. And had he thrown the ball in the ground every play, he would have actually had a better. Passer rating. Uh, the best rushing performance came from Josh Adams on 53 yards. They only compiled 58 team rushing yards. We'll come back to that though. Philadelphia's receivers were limited big time. Golden Tate did not have his usual Golden Tate versus New Orleans game targeted eight times, caught five balls for 48 yards, and that's it. Jordan Matthews, three catches for 37 yards. Alshon Jeffrey, four catches for 33 yards. Zach Ertz only got two receptions, was held to under 20 yards. This was just all around a very, very good defensive game. I mean, it was a very good game all around. The offense was obviously producing, uh, putting up 48 points on the board, but the Saints' defense was also cooking, and they took control of this game early, uh, starting off the game with a three by forcing a three and out against the Eagles, and just really never letting up. Beyond that, they allowed one rushing touchdown to Josh Adams early in the game, 28. Uh, 28 yarder, uh, but after that, they just really kind of demolished the Eagles from that point forward and they did it in a lot of different ways so let's look over at the uh the Saints defense here Marshawn Lattimore led the team in tackles Demario Davis came in at a close second uh he also but Demario Davis added two tackles for a loss Marshawn Lattimore had two passes defense as well as an interception which also sort of helped set the tone early for the Saints team uh they actually had three interceptions in this game one by Marshawn Lattimore and then two by Chris Banjo who came and late with the reserves, but was still playing against some Eagles starters, so that was really encouraging to see. Saints also didn't have a lot of trouble getting to the quarterback, notching five quarterback hits as well as three sacks. Craig Robertson got one late, Alex Okafor got in for one, and Sheldon Rankins got a big one at the be- uh, earlier in the game that, again, just was one of those tone setters. Speaking of sacks, the Saints offensive line did it again. Kept Drew Brees clean for the fourth week in a row. No sacks allowed. This is in a game in which, you know, they were missing Teron Armstead. Jermont Bushrod was in and did a great job. Uh, Andres Pete left at one point. Cameron Tom took over and held his own until Pete was able to come back. Larry Warford went into concussion protocol at one point. He was okay and he came back, but even still, they were subbing out both guards at one point and they had Jermon Bushrod over on the left tackle position protecting Drew Brees' blind side. and everybody did a great job there, not allowing any pressure, really not allowing much pressure at all to get to Drew Brees and allows Drew Brees to do what he has to do to put, you know, help put 48 points on the board uh he threw four touchdowns in this game and then was assisted by Mark Ingram with an additional two on the ground all right so that does it for our individual statistics look from this big time win by the Saints next we're going to be looking at team wins as well as uh, looking back at my bold predictions from earlier this week to see how I did but also look the Saints are on the verge of history yet again we're going to talk about all the historic things they did yesterday and also the historic things that are right down the road in reaching distance for New Orleans right now that'll be in our biggest stories from around the news segment so stick around you don't want to miss that So the Saints opened this week's matchup against the Atlanta Falcons as a 14-point favorite. It's gone down a little bit since then, but if that gets you excited, then you should be heading over to my bookie right now. Now, remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with, and that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, they've got great reviews online, and their mobile site is mad easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way over to my bookie, you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting with the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for everybody that's a fantasy fan out there, you can even bet the over/under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Join now, and myBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand dollars. Use promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N to activate the offer. Visit myBookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win. You get paid. All right, welcome back, Kudat Nation. Uh, Up next, we're going to be talking about some of the biggest stories from around the league, including the Saints' historic pace so far this season. But right now, we just want to focus a little bit more on this Saints and Eagles game. The big win at home against the Philadelphia Eagles, 48-7. to That is a 41-point deficit. I'll tell you why that's important coming up. But let's take a look at some of the team stats to get started. Then we're going to look back at my bold predictions from last Wednesday's episode. So first of all, I want to talk about the Saints defense and what they were able to do there are some really telling numbers here as you look through the team stats I'm just over here on ESPN.com right now looking through the team stats page Uh, let's start with third down efficiency I don't know if you can call it efficient but the Eagles were only three of 10 on third down they went for fourth they went forward on fourth down twice and didn't get it at all remember last week the Saints did not allow a single third down conversion and this week they were very close to doing the same thing allowing only three of 10 Both teams ran the same amount of drives. They each had 11 drives. The big difference here is that the Eagles were held to 21 fewer plays. That means that they weren't getting into long drives. They weren't holding on to the ball. They weren't keeping the ball long uh, long on their drives at all, so many of their drives ended up being three, four, five plays as opposed to getting into like the seven to ten play area that the Saints were getting into. So they ran a total of forty-eight plays to the Saints' sixty-nine. So that's a twenty-one play difference there in terms of total yardage. The Saints only allowed the Eagles to get one hundred and ninety-six total yards. It's one hundred and thirty-eight passing, fifty-eight rushing. Meanwhile, the Saints themselves compiled five hundred and forty-six yards on offense that's 373 yards through the air 173 yards rushing the Saints almost had as many rushing yards as the Eagles had total yards in terms of total yardage the Saints had nearly three times the amount of the Eagles total yardage accumulation just an incredible game uh, by the offense and defense like just looking at the little meter down here in the team sets thing just looks embarrassing um Time of possession, which I keep talking about, is very important for this New Orleans offense. They did it again. They won time of possession by 7 minutes and 34 seconds, holding on to the ball for 37 minutes, 34 seconds, while the Eagles only had the ball for 22 minutes and 26 Seconds, First downs, the Saints doubled first downs by the Eagles, plus two. Uh, so they had 28 to the Eagles, 13. And then, of course, turnovers, which were huge for Philadelphia. They had three turnovers, all three Carson Wentz interceptions, while the Saints played another clean game. No giveaways, no turnovers, no fumbles, no interceptions, any way you want to put it. They were not careless with the ball, and they took care of the ball, uh, which was great. The Saints also, because it, this is what they keep forcing teams to do, they keep forcing teams into the pass uh when you look at rushing attempts the saints had a total of 37 team rushing attempts while the eagles only had 12 and this is one of the reasons why the saints are leading in the well now they're number 2 in the NFL uh for rushing yards allowed behind chicago by by 0.1 yard uh but this is one of the reasons why they're one of the top teams in the NFL against the run is because they don't let you have the run as an option the offense scores too quickly for the saints they scored 10 points in the first quarter 14 in each the second and third quarter and then added another 10 points in the fourth quarter just for good measure, uh, which included. Um, so this is one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I talked about, too, is this 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 uh, touchdown that Sean Payton called or this play that Sean Payton called on fourth and seven he said it would have been a long field goal which they didn't want to attempt but they also knew that it's early in the fourth quarter and I guess a 31 point deficit is not big enough to feel comfortable so they didn't want to give the ball back to them so they go for it on fourth and seven and Drew Brees ends up throwing an absolute dime to Alvin Kamara over on the right sideline for a 37 yard touchdown after Alvin Kamara just burns Malcolm Jenkins down the field a lot of people were upset about it calling it a no-class move Sean Peyton is just saying, like, look, dude, I'm not comfortable with any lead in the NFL. There's no reason that you should be. I think the Super Bowl – the Super Bowl taught us nothing. I'm sorry, the Super Bowl, uh, the Eagles – I'm sorry, the the Falcons and – uh, and Patriots, she's the 28-3 to Super Bowl. Y'all know what I'm talking about. 25 lead, they blew it. Uh but If that taught us anything, there's no such thing as comfort in the NFL. And so Sean Payton decided that, look, I'm not going to be comfortable here. I'm going to go for this. And then they ended up throwing another touchdown, which ended up putting them up by, I think at that point, they, they were up by 31 points. So that, um, up, yeah, put them up by 31 points. So they went up by 38. And then the field goal came later, the last field goal. And so, uh look, Sean Payton is doing what he's got to do. But it was... that was the one and only fourth down attempt uh, in this game and usually we're used to seeing fourth down attempts by Sean Payton early in the game to see what he can do about making sure he can maintain drives and get Points on the board early. Uh, He's willing to sacrifice three points to put an additional four points, and I'm down for that early in the game. But this one was a little questionable, I'm not gonna lie, but I loved it. I love seeing it. Petty Sean Payton's back, and you know, he's destroying fire alarms. He's running up the score. He's going forward on fourth and seven, up 31. I'm here for it. Let's keep it going. Uh, So, all right, so let's go ahead and take a look at my bold predictions from Wednesday's episode I go through these pretty quick and see Uh, so I I, my first one was that Von Bell plays big and somehow gets in the mix for a turnover turnover that didn't happen he didn't get into the mix for a turnover but he did play a very good game Uh, he and PJ Williams essentially split up the responsibility of guarding and trying to limit Zach Ertz and they absolutely did that again like I said earlier Zach Ertz only had two catches for 15 yards Uh, my second prediction here was that Cam Jordan would get multiple sacks and he didn't get any but again also played a very good game my third one and I wanted this one to be wrong and so I'm glad that I was wrong here Drew Brees throws multiple interceptions for the first time since week six of last season he still has not thrown an interception so he missed he did he well not he still has thrown his he's got one interception on the season but he didn't throw an interception at all he threw an additional four touchdowns instead actually so now he's sitting at 25 touchdowns on the season with only one interception and y'all are still talking about how he doesn't want to get how he doesn't deserve MVP Sims and Lefko. and I don't know what's wrong with you uh then I have that the Saints get two receivers over 100 yards, and I was so close. I was so close. Traquan Smith got over 100. He went over 150, in fact, 157 yards. Michael Thomas had 92. He was very, very close. Uh, but, you know, he didn't need to do anything more than what he did. So I'm only going to accept this one as like a quarter of a win on this one instead of a half because I also went on to say with this that Traquan Smith would go over 100 yards. Michael Thomas would go over 150 yards. You know what? No, no, no. I'll take my half point. I'll take my half point here because Traquan Smith did indeed go over 100 yards. He went over 150. Michael Thomas did not go over 100 yards. So I was close. And then my last bull prediction here was that, uh, was that the Saints' O-line remains dominant. No sacks allowed. And again, they did exactly that. So they haven't allowed a sack since the one sack that they allowed to Baltimore. So now that's going through... Four straight games with uh, Minnesota, the Rams, the Bengals, and now the Eagles uh, not having allowed us access. Offensive line continues to dominate on a big time level, even when people are out or when they're subbing people in and everything. And I love seeing it. So, all right. So stick around because coming up next, we're going to be talking about some of the biggest stories from around the league, including the Saints historic pace. What are they on pace to do now? What records are they set for? Well, hang out and I'll tell you all about it. Is your company looking for a new way to reach new customers? where well, your company could be mentioned right here on Locked on Saints. All you have to do is shoot me an email at rossjacksonasc at gmail.com, and I'll get you all the information that you need. But here are some numbers to get you started. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to engage with sponsors that they hear on their favorite podcast. Our podcast demographic is 98% male with more education and higher earning than traditional media audiences. So if you want to know more, just shoot me an email at rossjacksonasc at gmail.com and I'll give you all the information that you need to know about our second half of the year pricing so you can hear your company mentioned here on Locked on Saints. All right, welcome back, at Nation. It is now time for us to take a look at the biggest stories from around the league. We've got some big stories to get to, but I want to start right here in New Orleans first and talk a little bit about what the Saints are doing. Now, you heard me mention a couple times that the Saints beat the Eagles by 41 points yesterday. Well, that is the largest margin of defeat ever, ever. Taken on by a defending Super Bowl champion, being defeated by forty-one points by a team at the year after winning the Super Bowl. So the Saints are now nine and one. This is the second time in the Sean Payton, uh, yeah, in the Sean Payton and Drew Brees era that they have gone on a nine-game win streak. Last time, of course, was in two thousand and nine, where they went thirteen and zero to start the season. Uh, they technically went. Oh, I mean, they technically had a nine-game win streak in 2011 if you include the wild card win as well. So look, this team is on pace for two of its uh, on pace with two of what are considered to be the best years of the franchise altogether. So here's a couple of things that the Saints have done. Just in these last couple of games and what they're on pace, something that they're on pace to do uh, to continue to set records here in the NFL. First of all, the Saints scored 144 points in the last three games. That's the most in franchise history over the course of three consecutive games, averaging 48 points, which is just incredible. They've also scored 30 points in the last, I think it's seven of their eight games. But the big thing here is that they have now scored over 40 points six times this season. That ties an NFL record for most 40 point games by a team in a single season. So if they go over 40 points one more time this season, that's a new NFL record. There's still several games left to go this season and several games left to go against some pretty weak defenses. Atlanta's defense struggles. Carolina's defense struggles. uh, Pittsburgh defense. Defense has struggled. I don't know who's going to be playing come Week 16. We're probably the Saints are probably going to be resting people. The we you know we're probably going to be watching uh, bare bones teams, but that's okay because that's the position that you want to be in. So just outstanding uh, play by the Saints uh, throughout this season so far. But it also comes down to individual performances as well. So just a couple to look out for here. Michael Thomas is only 357 yards away from tying Joe Horn's franchise single-season receiving yards record of 1,399. Alvin Kamara is only two touchdowns away from tying another franchise mark for single-season rushing touchdowns, which currently sits at 13 by Dalton Hilliard. Mark Ingram is on his way to some career Saints franchise records, 346 yards away from Deuce McAllister's rushing yard record of 6,096 in a career, and then only two touchdowns away from setting the new franchise career rushing touchdown mark at 50, which is also currently held by Deuce McAllister. Meanwhile, Drew Brees is on his way to setting all new single season NFL marks at both completion percentage and NFL passer rating. Undoubtedly, though, the biggest story from around the league today is the injury sustained by Washington quarterback Alex Smith. Uh, He took a sack by uh, Houston Texans cornerback Kareem Jackson, and he snapped his right leg in all kinds of different directions. He broke both his tibia and his fibula uh, in that right leg. And the the thing that was really kind of eerie about it was that Joe Theismann, former Washington quarterback himself, tweeted out that his his leg did the exact same thing 33 years ago. He was, of course, lost for the season that season, but it gets even more eerie and more sort of, I'm just going to say coincidental, because otherwise it kind of freaks me out. Uh, It gets even weirder than that, because both of these two instances happened on November 18th for Theismann in 1985, for Smith in 2018, and both games ended with the final score of 23 to 21. It's crazy the way that it worked out. The only difference is that Washington won the game in 85. They didn't win the game yesterday. But, man, it's just crazy when stuff like that happens and the way that stuff like that works. Uh, But, you know, obviously we wish, we all wish uh, Alex Smith a speedy recovery from a pretty gruesome injury. Something that is on par with, you know, some injuries that we've seen in the past in, uh, you know, the NBA and stuff like that. Just, you know, leg Foot shaking and toes pointing the wrong way and everything—it was—it was kind of bad. If you haven't seen it and you're squeamish, don't go look for it uh, because it's not pretty. But uh, obviously, we wish him a very speedy recovery. So, all right, Huda Nation, that is going to do it for me today. This first episode of Thanksgiving week, let us all be sure to give thanks for this incredible New Orleans Saints team that we get to watch that is doing, you know, on historic paces and that is looking like it's going to be able to, I'll just say, do something really magnificent come this postseason as 2019 rolls around. But thank you, everybody, for coming through today. Make sure that you tune in tomorrow. I'm going to be going over pro football focus grades as well as a more in-depth analysis of the game. And then as always, the biggest stories from around the league and then on Wednesday... I'll be joined for my Crossover Wednesday episode by Locked On Falcons host, Aaron Freeman. We had a lot of fun last time. Should be fun this time, too, getting ready for the holiday game on Thanksgiving Day. So thanks, everybody, so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at RossJacksonASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you mom and them. Find Locked On Saints on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. Just be sure to subscribe so that you know when the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Rate, share, review retweet thank you so much for all of your support and help me grow this family this has been locked on saints and trust That nation i'll holla at you everyone, Jake Madison here, host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. Basketball season is upon us and big things are in store for the Pelicans after making the playoffs last year. Keep up with everything going on around Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and the rest of the team with the daily Locked on Pelicans podcast, wherever you get your podcast from.